This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to the following. Ahmed Ahmed Alaziz. I love that name. Ahmed Ahmed Alaziz Duda. Anyway, Aaron Barnes, Michael Kaiser, Ethan Boyd, Tawny Jacobson. I don't know if that's Tawny or Tommy. I'm going to go with Tawny because it looks like Tawny. Fisher Mollard, Christopher Singer, Ramiro Barrera Palma, Jimmy Dunn, and... Oh, man, I can never remember how to pronounce this. Jorge M. Taranji. Let's go with this. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> man, I was going to start over, but then at this point, you just it, it's better to just keep going. It's like coasting because this one goes out to all of them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and, of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, Steven is with it. Zach is without. Rodrigo is with Noel and I, and I'm with Nanat Himmelfarb, the rabbi's daughter from the Scarsdale Jewish Community Center. The 70s are back, but we don't have the rights to the title of the book we're reviewing, so we're just going to call it That One Review, like The One Ring or The Five Doctors. Bygones. And anyway, the important thing here is that you ask me what kind of car I have. What, what kind of car do you have? I got a bitchin' Camaro, and the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air! Welcome to issue 524 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading this free podcast. Rodrigo is here, Zach is here, Matthew is here, and I am here. Let us get to some news. Bitchin' Camaro! Bitchin' Camaro! Here comes all the news! Is that an adult tag? No. Spider-Man gets a sister, thanks to a bunch of people over at Marvel. Dynamite announces the King's Watch. Chris Roberson is writing Captain Action. Rodrigo, spin that Wheel of Destiny for us, please. Turn, turn, turn. There you go. Turn, 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 turn. There it lands on Spider-Man gets a sister. Who's excited about this? Me... I'm excited. I'm excited that they are. Um, nope. I don't actually don't care. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this going to be in? Check it, this out. Spinning out of the top selling Marvel now sensation, Superior no! Spider Man. Eisner Award winning writers Mark Wade, James Robin, uh, Robinson, and international superstar artist Gabriel Delato. Take the world's greatest superhero on a globe-trotting adventure like never before in Superman family business. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Peter Parker has a secret sister. So this is spinning out of Superior Spider-Man. I guess, but it's... Uh, is Superior Spider-Man an alternate thing? No, or is Superior it actually Spider-Man Marvel is now? The, uh, it's actually what's going on yeah, in the going on. Spider-Man. Well, yeah, okay. yeah. well, here's the thing, though. I mean, the, all this predicates is that Peter Parker has a a sister. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Dr. Octopeter isn't still driving his brain. Right. Right. I well, mean, think about this. If you're if you're Dr. Octopus and you're trying to be a better Spider-Man and you discover that Spider-Man secretly has a sister that he never knew about and you're going to go be the best awesomest Spider-Brother ever. And the Kingpin That's is trying thing. to find her too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, of course he is. I mean, I think by the language they they use it seems like superior spider-man is going to be around until april 2014 that's which is kind of longer than i thought it would probably last oh no they killed peter parker didn't you read issue nine and ten oh my god steven how many times (sighs) no 
I didn't. Well, you should. But I did read about. I did read a review on it. I believe, or I knew. Where would you have read a review at, Zach? I would have majorspoilers.com. Oh, great site! It sounds like. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. what's really amazing is they're yeah. announcing. Yeah. Yeah. They're announcing this now. Mm-hmm. Ten months ahead of the the release. That is a while. Yeah, that's a long time. Release. Normally, you would expect this kind of a release to come out at the San Diego Comic Con. Maybe. I'm betting that they jumped on this release because James Robinson just had an ugly exit from DC, oh, really? and yeah. they're looking for a way to rub somebody else's nose in it. I, I think so. That's let's announce exactly this now. This yeah, Robinson. Robinson left DC, went across the street, and said, "Hey, I've got this idea." And Marvel said, "Great, let's make it a big deal." And I think that something very important is that Robinson left DC like 12 minutes ago. Yeah, it was just this, a couple of weeks ago. This book ago. probably isn't written yet. No, no, no. It's probably not. Although they do and have some art. Even money. The art is already done. Or at least portions so. of it. Gabriel Del Otto takes months and months and months to paint anything that he paints. So, well, um, apparently my, so far he has three pages done. Well, Ooh. that could be oh, the that three could pages be true. Yeah, he could be have that done. I mean, here's but, a, here's the thing. When you look at stuff like this, they could have very easily have said, you know, if we're going with the this hasn't been written yet, which there's a there's a chance that it. Is already written because sometimes writers just write things. Oh yeah, and I'm sure Mark Wade so already has. Something. They might have already have like a book of something. They could have easily gone to the artist and been like, "Hey, we needed like a proof of concept type thing. Give us three yeah. pages." Oh, yeah, and that's what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This all new, fully painted original graphic novel makes makes the second offering in Marvel's all new original graphic line. Interesting. Cool. So it will be in continuity. It sounds like. Well, they're not saying that. And I think that we, you know, we're doing what we always do with a press release. Right now, Superior Spider-Man is the thing. So clearly they're going to try and tie this to Superior Spider-Man. By April of 2014, it may be the vulture in Peter Parker's head. (laughs) That's definitely the the way they're going to go. Yeah, the entire Sinister Six gets like, they're going to rotate. You know, I, at some point in my life, I would have been like, no, that's crazy. They'd never do that. But then I remember that somebody went, wait a minute, if there's a green lantern, why isn't there a pink lantern? <laughs> right. So, Right, right. Does this sound interesting to you, Matthew? Oh, not really. Why not? Um, well, there are things here that are interesting. Wade writes a great tale. I have faith in Wade. And Robinson is good when Robinson is, is, is on. on. But when he's not on, you know, it can be, well, it can be Cry for Justice. So what I'm looking at is a book uh, painted by someone whose work I absolutely don't care for. Uh, a, a writer who I love and a writer who I normally love working together on a character that I can take or leave. And at this point, all they've really told us is, here's the high concept, Peter Parker has a sister. That doesn't necessarily excite me. That's like saying, well, let's be honest, that's like saying, hey, we're going to do a Superman story, only he's not super. Or, hey, this is a Batman story, and it's all about, you know, the the hunchback who lives in the uh, Batcave and fixes the Batmobile. That's not what's going to make the story good to me. That's that's construction. That's like saying, we're going to write this awesome story, and it's about a superhero, and that's all you've given me? I don't necessarily get excited about that. Now, as we get closer to it, and maybe if they give us more, I'll probably check it out. But it's not something that I'm going, ooh, I really got to see Spider-Man's little sister. You know, the the first thing I thought when I heard, you know, they're giving Spider-Man a sister, 
was that they finally managed to fill out every last second of Wolverine's backstory. <laughs> like, are they are they done to the point where you can find a comic in which every last minute up until giant size X Men, um, where that so now they're like done with them. They're like, now we fill up Spider Man. <laughs> I forget hey, where you laugh, but the latest issue of Wolverine has his big brother, Doug Wolverine, in it. Yeah. I forget where I read it, but I think that uh, his sister is actually going to be older than he is. <clears throat> well, that does make sense. Yeah. Uh, and apparently they're already anticipating high demand for this. Right. Uh, year so, they're gonna, so they're going to have a tiny print run. To yes. meet demand from Marvel <laughs> Entertainment's rapidly growing international fan base, Spider-Man Family Business will be released simultaneously worldwide in North America. Italy, Spain, Germany, France, Brazil, Finland, and of course Turkey. Mm-hmm. Of course, Turkey. Every Turkey international edition Spider-Man. of Spider-Man Family Business will be translated into each area's primary language, allowing fans all over the world to effortlessly join the global release of the graphic novel. It global. may be confusing because Australia, Turkish people expect China, Spider-Man to Russia, be a, a man-eating killer. The entire continent of Africa. <laughs> sure, worldwide fans. That's happened. Sure. Yeah, it's something. Spider Spider Man does have worldwide fans. Oh, no, I mean, I'm they, not saying he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't. Oh yeah. You should see some of the like Spider Man, Superman, yeah, like uh or, or just like straight up movies yeah, that yeah. they've made. <laughs> Did you see Three the, uh, Dev Adam. <laughs> the Indian one. Yes. 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 Love that one. That's Turkish, I believe. Uh let's see. What do people say? Uh George says Wade is awesome, but I'm sick and tired of secret sibling tropes. Uh, Taz says boo. Uh, <laughs> well put, Taz. <laughs> I'm afraid of Taz. <laughs> uh, Spider Man, world's greatest hero. When did that happen, says Justin? I would think uh, in the Marvel verse, it would be Iron Man if we're measuring popularity. Everyone loves those movies. Really? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about Amazing the second Spider-Man one. Amazing Spider Man 2 one. will be out when? What's that? Uh, Tomorrow. Oh, May. Spider Man 2 be no. out? Yeah. No, it's coming out. April. Uh, of next year. Yeah. Hold on. It's and the, it's spring 24... April 17th, 2014. Yeah. So there you go. What And what month is this comic coming out, Zachary? April. Hooray! Why Corporate synergy! <laughs> Rico says, secret sister. You'd think after the clone saga they'd learn, but we never know. It might turn out well. Still, I think it's a bad move unless it's ultimate you, Spider-Woman been sent to the main verse that could work i love that comment that would be worse. oh remember that one thing everyone hated well i guess this could be better who I is like that. who is don parker i don't know i've never heard of that he's just he's just like casting into the future possible oh, okay. names i think um I ba, 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 ba. okay so listeners you can head over to majorspoilers.com you can share your thoughts on this story and many more Majorspoilers.com. And while you're over there, why don't you check out some of the reviews? We'll be getting to reviews here shortly. But also check out the top ten songs about Superman. Yes. <laughs> Got a couple and of people angry. I said, what about composite Superman? She said, I... Oh, no, wait. That's just the lyrics I hear. Yeah, I mean, I think any time that you uh, throw down and say these are the top ten, there are going to be uh, things that are outside of it. I should let people know that uh george and i actually went through a very very thorough painstaking process comparing comparing each of the songs to each other two other songs (laughs) that didn't quite make it into the list then lining them all up on top of the stairs 
um, inside mason jars and then just like kicking them over and seeing which one rolled the fastest. <laughs> it so, is an interesting read. It was a, it was, videos. It was a, it was a very thorough process. But I will say, if you do want to see a very eclectic mix of songs, then go click on oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's worth reading. All over the place. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth reading. You can find all of that over at majorspoilers.com. Yep. All right, so let us get to some reviews. Reviews. Let's see. This week we have books from IDW Publishing, Titan Comics. I don't know if we've reviewed any Titan books before, all the way from the UK. Well, I guess uh, Judge Dredd. Been any Titan? Well, I think. Uh, well, no, because that's 2000 AD is its own separate entity now. Yeah. So yeah. So I think Titan. This is Titan's first foray. I don't know if I've ever. Well, I've reviewed a James Bond collection before from them, but I don't Rumble. know if I did that on the show. But we've got Titan Comics coming up. We've got Dark Horse and IDW again. So why don't we start off with last week, Zach? I'm very interested in this. Yes. Thumbprint number one. This is uh, Joe Hill's book. Right. Now, let me preface this. I downloaded Joe Hill's thumbprint based on Joe Hill being the writer for Lock and Key. Have you not read The Cape? No. Okay. I'm just curious. Okay. Anyways. So... I'm like, hey, Joe Hill, I want to read this. He writes cool things. I read this. I was like, hey, this is this is this is pretty good. And I go back to the credits. Joe Hill didn't write this. What? Nope. It's based on a novella that he wrote, and then now is being adapted to comics. But Joe Hill is not, in fact, the writer oh. on Joe Hill's thumbprint. What, what does the cover say? The cover says Joe Hill's thumbprint, but does not say writer. It just says Joe Hill, making think, me think uh, Joe Hill wrote this book. I think I think it's kind of <laughs> funny though, because that might just be a completely like straight up, like literally that picture that you see is Joe Hill's thumbprint. <laughs> it could be, and they're just labeling it. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, yes, this is based on thumbprint by Joe Hill, but is written by Jason. Uh, I'm going to butcher your name, Kira Miller. Kiara Milia. Yes. Kara Mello. But this was actually still a very decent book. It's based off Joe Hill's novella. And uh, what it revolves around is um, a woman who served in Iraq. And she actually worked at one of the Iraqi prisons who uh, got busted for the mistreatment of captives. And now she's back in America, and she her dad has just passed away, and she's working back at the bar that uh, he worked at and drank at with his VFW buddies because he was a uh, veteran from Vietnam. And you see her in the beginning, and she's she's pretty freaking cool. This uh, creep tries to make moves on her all the time. He she pretty much just uh, kicks him in the face and uh, just beats the living crap out of him. And so that's like, hey, good for you. Don't let stupid people do that. And then. It kind of it does a flashback. She finds this piece of paper with a thumbprint on her door and goes flashbacky to Iraq and some of the uh, uh, horrible things they did to prisoners there. And that's it. Doesn't actually show any violence. It alludes to a lot of things and is very graphic and text but doesn't show any violence. But is uh, almost. It's quite disturbing to read just the way they're talking about what they are planning on do to this prisoner. And she's and then the story evolves from her kind of being uh 
targeted because people don't really know what she did in Iraq, but apparently someone does by these mysterious thumbprints they're leaving on this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. they have no way of uh, scanning the thumbprint or doing a search on the thumbprint? Well, she is not taking it into any authorities yet because it's only been a day. Oh, okay. And it's a first thing in a letter. She like walks yeah. in and like throws it on the kitchen table. Meh, <laughs> I'll get to this mysterious <laughs> thumbprint tomorrow. Uh, but... Uh, it's well it's well paced and that helps it a lot. Um, I actually enjoyed this. The art is actually uh, 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 quite good. It reminds me a lot of uh, David Aja from Oh yeah Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and it's very good. So it's got a lot of uh, thick shading lines and all that kind of good stuff. Some dark some darker tones going out through this. It's interesting read. Uh, I will actually be checking out the next issue, even though I'm kind of disappointed that Joe Hill didn't write it, and that was the main reason I picked it up. Otherwise, I totally wouldn't have. But I guess it's based, based on, on okay, based on his concepts, right? At least, right? I mean, if who he knows? wrote a story and they adapted it. Yeah, I mean, who knows how faithful of an adaptation it is? That's but true. it That's could true. be a very faithful adaptation. It could. Could be an adaptal faith station. What you what you need to do is pick up an actual book, book. and read that. Right. Yeah. I might. Mm. Yeah, books. I read books. I actually do. I actually like, yeah, hey, I graduated reading. and I should like read like read books. And so I'm like reading books. Yes. Yeah. Zach Zach graduated. He went out, he bought a smoking jacket, a pipe, <laughs> and and a book. <laughs> I and don't now, always now read yes, books, now but when around. I do, it's this one because it's the only one I own. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I'm yes. the so most apparently, string man uh, in the world. Along with that, he bought some cheap Mexican beer. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Joe Joe Hill's thumbprint, I will give uh, three and a half slices of meatloaf. If he'd used his week. index finger, it would have gotten four. All right, cool. Thank you, Zach, <laughs> for that thumbprint out last week from IDW Publishing. Also out last week from uh, Titan Comics, A1 Number 1, an anthology book. Indeed. Um, Matthew, what did you uh, think of that? Well, A1 actually is is a revival, or at least uh, the name and, and concept, the revival of an older anthology series, one that I really dug in like the 80s or 90s or something. There were a lot of comics that I got too late, and A1 was one of the ones that didn't really make it to central Kansas very often. But the ones that I have read are wonderful, so I was kind of psyched for this. Um, I've never heard of Titan Comics before. So I'm not sure if they're new or if there's somebody well, they're, who's they're been publishing the, they're under the, the radar. They're out of the UK. They oh, primarily the, the UK publish, publisher. That explains it. Okay. English comics don't make it to me. They're, they think I'm stupid or something. But in any case, um, this issue, A1, number one. By the way, don't search A1, number one if you go looking. It, just, it comes up with terrible things. Uh, features three different stories. Uh, the first story, The Weirding Willows is really, really one of those stories that I wanted to love. And the second story is called Odyssey, which I actually kind of did love. And then the third story, Carpe Diem, I got a really short chunk of, so I'm not entirely sure if I love or hate it. But when you break it down, anytime you have an anthology, it's kind of a crapshoot. You could have, you know, an incredible anchor story, and then the rest of the book could be filled with, you know, subpar trash kind of like this show we've got steven up front and then the rest of us are just kind of like hi my name's matthew and i hope i'm funny this week turns out i'm not but this is really a kind of an 
I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of weird in that they don't seem to have a whole lot of thematic similarity. The Weirding Willows reminds me of nothing so much as uh, Bill Willingham's Fables. Yeah, sure. It takes place on the island of Dr. Moreau and his daughter, Alice, who makes reference to Wonderland. And, of course, Farmer McGregor and his rabbits. And there's a lot of things tied together here. And there's a lot of concepts that could work really awesome. Some things that feel like maybe this is that same sort of turf that all the stories you know are true and now they take place all together. Mm-hmm. And half the fun is sitting and going, oh, I recognize Farmer McGregor. And, oh, that polar bear is important. And, oh, he said Bagheera. Bagheera is the, you know, Bagheera, I believe, was the cat. The from panther the from the jungle. The panther from the jungle. Mm-hmm. I can never remember if Bagheera is the panther and Shere Khan is the tiger or vice versa. Yeah, sure. that's what it, that's what yeah, it is. Exactly. Okay. I always get those confused and I have to think back to tailspin and then I start singing along with the theme song and I lose it. And then of course I start being sad that Louis Prima is dead. So then I move on to the second story, <laughs> uh, which is kind of a fun spy pastiche thing at the beginning. It starts out very lunatic. It's sort of like almost a cartoon adventure of James Bond as written by Joe Casey, mm. the guy who did Butcher Baker. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff, some fascinating little in-jokes. There's a character named Jude, uh, the fool who plays it cool. Uh, I get it. I see what you did there. There's a lot of clever dialogue and moments, but it doesn't really quite get off the ground enough for me to love it or hate it. Hmm. It's Even, something I mean, where... You know, the, we've talked before about anthologies and mm-hmm. how the problem is there may only be one story in the whole thing that's worth yeah. the price. Is that the case here or not? In this case, the the first story is a little familiar. The second story, there's a lot to love here, but it's 10 pages. And I feel like had this been a a regular 20-page or even an 18-page comic in itself, I feel like we would have gotten a really good feel. But in this, you know, this 9 or 10-page format, we just kind of get the the teaser, the coming attraction. Mm. But I really like some of the, the little character bits in Odyssey or rather in uh, Carpe Diem. And then we get to Odyssey, which feels kind of like a modern take on the Captain America origin. Yeah. But it ends kind of anticlimactically. And it's all build and build and build and build and build. If you look at the cover, if you look at next month's solicitations, you can kind of see where this is going. And there's some creepy, creepy stuff in here. It's almost like, what if Captain America were the son of Satan? Which is a really, really cool hook, but there just isn't enough here to make me go, oh gosh, I got to read more Odyssey. Mm. So all in all, what I'm looking at is they picked the right thing to to really start the book. You know, they anchored it well. I think the strongest story is up front. The story with the most potential to go somewhere that I think I'm going to love is in the middle. And then the last book is kind of like, the first half of the joke. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know where it's going, but I am, I am based on this issue. I'm back for issue two. All right, cool. 399 price point, basically a 40 page book. So, you know, a dollar more than your, your lower tier titles for almost twice as much material. All right. I'm gonna go with probably three and a half slices of meatloaf. Okay. Uh, That one may be hard to find. It is available digitally. So mm-hmm. you can get that through the Comixology store and exclusively in the digital content includes original art and sketches. 
mm-hmm. uh, that are not in the print version, if you can get the print version. I think we got print versions at the store, but I don't know how many we got. Probably pretty low. I think that's one you have to get through, you know, your order form. I don't think it's one that yeah. they just, you just look at. Although the, the cover art is really pretty. I just don't see that yeah. being something art, that, art let's buy a hundred of these and it'll sell out like crazy. We don't buy a hundred of our top tier titles anymore. Mm. The last time we sold a hundred or something was probably 2006. Wow, really? Yeah. Maybe getting into uh, Blackest Night stuff, we might have gotten. I bet. To- I bet tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening, or last week, or last you guys month. sell hundreds of copies of Age of Ultron number ten. <laughs> no, you know it's got Angela or- in it. We only ordered forty-five copies. Uh oh. What? People are going to be coming in. Yeah, fifty-five be- people are going to be like, <laughs> "Where, where my Age of Ultron, yo?" <laughs> You are going to be coming in and being like, where's that comic that features a minor character from another company that I don't care about? That girl from Spawn. You yeah. remember her. Spawn girl. Isn't she going to be uh, Amy Pond now? I don't know. That's what they're saying. That, uh, that they, may be who it is. They talk a lot. They do, they? don't they? Rodrigo, uh, let's take a look at what Dark Horse is offering this week. Right. So this week I'm looking at Akanero number two. Which is, if you'll recall from Akanero number one, a kind of reimagining of Little Red Riding Hood as uh, set in Japanese mythology. Um, you know, I've I've I talked a little bit about how I was like, "Blah, this can't possibly be any good," and it actually turned out to be pretty interesting. Um, this time that continues uh the uh, the main character gets um basically hoodwinked into thinking uh, into thinking that um <laughs> the super cool ninja monks that are going to train her or rather in that a bunch of demons are the the monks that are supposed to be training her so she goes on all these quests that they send her on and they're basically just trying to break her in the process. Um, by the end of this story, she kind of falls for it, or, or rather snaps out of it, but also may have actually done what they wanted. Um, it's pretty interesting. You know, they take... The thing about this story is that... And, and I think I made this comparison before. There's a lot of Wizard of Oz things going around, right? Yeah, and right. when you're doing when you're reading those books, you're like, "There's your lion, there's your Tin Man, there's your Scarecrow, there's your right. Toto," and they're not always straightforward. But you're always like, "There's your lion, there's your Tin Man, there's your Scarecrow, there's your Toto." Right. Um, in this, it's like she goes to this village where she thinks she's supposed to be going and getting trained by killer monks, and it turns out that they are shape-shifting werewolves, right? So it's like the idea is that Little Red Riding Hood gets fooled by the wolf, but it turns out in, like, it turns into a danger room sequence in which they are trying to mess with our mind. And does she say, oh my, what big eyes you have. Kapow! Oh, what a big nose you have. Well, she she can't, because if you'll recall from my last review as well, um, the art is highly stylized, and everybody has gigantic eyes. Ah, so yes, ev- you can't say my what big eyes you have because it's like saying my what 
oxygen you are breathing, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So the art still continued to be stylized. Yes. Highly stylized. Not bad. But again, you have to come into this thinking, I am going to see some things that are going to be in like all over the place. Um, Does the, uh, Are you interested in playing the video game that this is based on? I did not realize that it was based on a video game. So Wait, no, actually I did because I remember and I forgot to bring it up last time that the, the all of the stuff around it kept talking about American McGee. Right, right. And when I looked at the actual book, he wasn't mentioned on there at all, at least not that I saw. Mm-hmm. So what's the connection there? Uh, based on the hot new game by American McGee's Spicy Horse Games. Yeah, well, I guess I am. I mean, this looks really interesting. Cool. Art's still good. Art's still good. Story, this, again. This issue, everybody has giant noses instead of giant eyes. Um, there are some big noses, but mostly it's the eyes oh, that are okay. a thing. Um, and usually only in the younger characters. It's like apparently at some point people metamorphose like when they're teenagers and their eyes just like <laughs> of course shrink down. That happens. Um, so I'm going to give this four slices of meatloaf. Again, it it takes a very simple story picks it apart, and then thematically continues the story while simultaneously telling an entirely different story. Cool. And and that is the, that's the sort of adaptation that I like to see. Echonero number two, out this week from Dark Horse Comics. Also out this week from IDW Publishing, X-Files season 10 number one. Can you believe it's been, what, 13 Ten years? years? 10 years, something like that since, uh, yeah, 2002. Since it went off the air? Since it went mm-hmm. off the air. I don't even think I saw the last three or four seasons. No. I know that there's been, there have been a couple of movies. I was was scared when the Terminator, when T-1000 showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think, well, maybe I did see the final episode. I don't know. Ran from 93 to 2002. I know I didn't see those final two seasons. Mm -hmm. I know I didn't see. Um, But apparently they are bringing, doing much like what uh, other Dark Horse titles do, and just like what they do with Buffy, just like what they're doing with uh, Spike, I don't think they have the Angel franchise anymore. Um, uh, I think that was IDW that had that. Yeah, they do. They have an Angel and Faith comic. Oh, okay. All right. So um, uh, X-Files Dark Season 10 apparently picks up where the show left off or maybe where the last movie left off. Uh, Mulder and Scully are under a witness protection program going under the names of Dana and Anthony Blake. And uh, Dana's a nurse. And apparently Mulder is a... Um, Wasn't that her real first name? Dana. Yeah, Dana yeah, yeah. Scully. Dana oh. Scully, yeah. That's um, weird. Yeah, which is, yeah. yeah, that's the one weird thing about the book that I was like, because uh, as you read it, it starts out with Dana Scully being chased by a bunch of guys in hooded robes, mm-hmm. and she's yelling on the phone um, trying to get to the FBI, and she's like, my name is Dana Scully, and they're like, well, we'll connect you to Dr. Blake. My name is not Blake, it's Dana Scully, and then th- we flash back to her earlier that day treating a little girl, and the little girl's calling her dr blake and she's like no call me dana and so it's like really weird kind of setup that i think is probably the big stumble in there but pretty soon we figure out that they're under witness protection and i'm guessing for those that have followed the tv series um already know this uh but Mulder comes home he finds assistant director or now deputy director skinner uh in their home saying hey someone broke into the x files and they got a lot of sensitive data including the names of everybody who worked on there and then um Mulder and Scully are like, well, maybe they're trying to find our baby. I didn't even know she had a baby and gave it up for adoption. Uh, But apparently she did, uh, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. 
I knew that there was something about alien baby that had been abducted. Yeah, I think I think there are both. I think there's a real baby and a space baby. Okay. <laughs> so uh, one thing leads to another, and Skinner's in his hotel room talking to Mulder, and the hooded people show up, and uh, Mulder has to go save him because he's apparently killing himself or doing something that's dangerous to his to his uh, to his person. And then, of course, we then catch up in to where the beginning of the book opened with uh, Scully being apparently abducted by these hooded robed people. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they want, but apparently they want her. I'm guessing because of the talk of the child, I'm going to bet that it somehow ties into the child. Uh, the art is pretty interesting. And I think for people who are fans of the X-Files, this will be right up their alley. I think the um, dialogue is a little stiff in places. It doesn't have mm-hmm. the snap, you know, the... Uh, the low tone snark that right. David Duchovny would always deliver. Right. It just is more bold that way, especially mm-hmm. with the way that the that they've drawn the character in these big broad poses. And so when he's saying these things that you could hear coming from Mulder, the poses don't mm-hmm. reflect the quiet kind of muttering that uh, Mulder would often do. Still not a bad book. I think, like I said, people who like it, they're going to uh, really get into it. Uh, there's some spooky demon children or something wrong with this kid. Something wrong with every kid, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they grow up and turn into Zach, and then a few years later, they get their their life straightened out. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, so or not? We. So are we? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like this. I want to see what happens next. I hope this doesn't fall back into the pattern that Chris Car- Carter had done with a lot of stories, where it's like, okay, Scully's been abducted. Now we have to search for her for five issues, and mm-hmm. then finally she comes back and is like. What happened? I don't know. Oh, something's <laughs> out there, Scully. The end. Um, but he is uh, the executive producer of this series, so maybe it'll it'll actually turn out really well. I'm giving this four out of five slices. Um, it, it's good, so go check it out. All right. All right. And listeners, you can read more reviews over at Majorspoilers.com, including reviews of uh, Superman Unchained, Batman 21, and, of course, uh, the big thing on everybody's mind... Age of Ultron number 10. Is that going to be a day of release uh, book there, Matthew? It's, it's going to try. All righty then. Worst case scenario, it'll be a day of release as soon as I get home. A lot of people have been digging on Zach on film. This week it's Vertigo. Ooh. If you have not yeah. seen Vertigo or if you've seen I it. I heard it's so dangerous you have to sign a waiver. Yep. Um, if you uh, saw it maybe a long time ago, you want to get refreshed on it. Click on that Amazon.com button right over there at MajorSpoilers.com. You can buy it, buy it in Blu-ray. I think you can get it as an instant download, Zach, right? Did you watch it on your Amazon Prime uh, account? I actually watched it on my iTunes because now my computer is uh, new enough that I can actually sustain downloads oh, and do okay. things like that. Wow, cool. Two ninety nine for instant video download. Uh, what do we got here? The Collector's Edition. They've got $9.2694 for the Vertigo for the uh, DVD copy Blu-ray. The complete Alfred Hitchcock masterpiece. Maybe that's what you want to go for. 126 bucks on Blu-ray. Nope, sure don't. That <laughs> is not a bad deal. Especially if it has some of his, you know, earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. That uh, somewhat obscure. How many discs is that? Oh, I, guess I don't know. Featuring over 15 hours of inside bonus feature. Is it just Vertigo? No. <laughs> uh, Masterpiece collection, 15 iconic films, including Psycho, The Birds, Rear Window, Vertigo, uh-huh. North by Northwest, and many more. And now 
37 minutes of a girl looking at a painting. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you go over there and you pick up that uh, Alfred Hitchcock collection by using that Amazon link, you help us out. Price is the same. A little bit comes our way and helps keep this uh, this initiative, this thing that we're doing going. We're trying to keep this everything thing. free. So much is free. We've got seven podcasts that come at you free every week. We've got reviews and articles and commentary that are up on the site. We've got a free um, forum that you can access. And, of course, all of us are readily accept, uh, accessible via our Twitter accounts. And then, of course, for those people that are contributors, that are subscribers, member site coming soon. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Members.majorspoilers.com. Go check that out. Uh, let's see. What do we need to do here? Oh. Octodad. Dadliest catch. What is Rob doing on this site? <laughs> what? It's a video game. <laughs> have you played this game? I have not. Disney announces uh, more actors for Frozen. Mm-hmm. And of course, the major spoilers poll of the week. Poll of the week, 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 week. So a lot of talk over week. the last, uh, what is it, 72, 96 hours. 654. Four days. Last four or five days. Last week, a lot of talk mm-hmm. about the Man of Steel movie. Did you go see it, Zach? Kind of. Kind of? Oh. <laughs> for those people, oh, for those people who want a, a, a peek at what happens when we reach our funding goal, finally Friday, Zach and I did another one this last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we talked about Zach's adventures to there. <laughs> Missed about 40 minutes of the movie. I think, good why Zach? I think it might have been closer now. Oh, the more we talk, the my soon to be six year old son, right? But can was I awake for the whole movie? But can I, let me just say my piece. I worked all day. I had to film a commission meeting before. <laughs> I wouldn't watch this is the end, but right before it, and then the beginning of Man of Steel. We watched the midnight. The first forty minutes is pretty slow, and then I woke Jor-El up. Jorel and Zod fighting is slow. I saw him go like this, and and then it was like, and then, (laughs) and don't forget the, well, I don't want to say things. And the, the spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to say things. And then, I did see the the end, but, uh, you know, mainly, I was like, I watched it, and then people, I read reviews on it. And then people were talking about, I was like, wow. I thought I only slept, fell asleep like 20 minutes. It's got to be close to an hour. <laughs> I think I think people might have realized that you fell asleep and were just messing with you. Could have been. And no. they were like, oh, man. Do you know that, <laughs> that you're so popular now that the internet is Truman showing you, right? Yes. That'd be awesome. They're like, yeah. That's, yeah, that whole that's, thing. That the scene. Giant lizard yes. in the... That scene... Where all the puppets come to life, <laughs> and only Superman can see it, and everybody thinks he's crazy, and everybody's like, "Superman, those puppets aren't talking to us." But then you find out that yeah. it's secretly like a robot puppet oh. that is controlling all of them. I fell asleep during the best part. Some people really, really, really loved Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and some people really, really, really hated Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is going to be one of those polarizing films. Mark Wade wrote an excellent um, um, essay. Uh, review commentary book. <laughs> <laughs> it is rather long. Over thrillbook.com. <laughs> go go check it out as well as check out some digital comics that they have over there. Great initiative going on. Uh, but as um, you know, he hated it, and I don't necessarily agree with everything 
uh, about his review, but I respect it. And it's a great read. A lot of passion in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people loved it. Some people hated it. The question this week is, would you recommend the man of steel to a friend? Rodrigo abstain. I haven't seen it. Oh, but do you think you would recommend it anyway? Or um, well, I guess would I recommend it to a friend? Most of my friends are perfectly fine sitting through an action movie and it looks like there's lots of action. So I suppose theoretically I would. Are you going to go see it this week? I'm going to try. Okay. Probably, probably this weekend. Okay. If I, can, if I, I think can. Rob is seeing it now yeah. tonight. Matthew, what about you? I don't necessarily, I don't recommend movies. So even if I had seen the movie, which by the way, I haven't, I would not be the guy going, dude, you totally have to go see this movie. Oh my God, it's like a movie. I would be like, hey, you know, there's this movie and it's got this guy in it. And it's based on Scott McCloud's Destroy, where two strong guys blow up the planet. So no, I, I would have to go, I vote no, but it's not no, I wouldn't necessarily want to because of any content in the movie. I just don't necessarily recommend films like that. Okay. (laughs) So what do you see? I mean, you say you don't make recommendations, but if someone came Mm -hmm. up and said, Matthew, um, this week we're talking Vertigo on Zach on film. Mm Is that something I should watch? Would you recommend it? I'd want to know what you like. I would probably say, well, do you watch much Hitchcock? Do you like uh, scary thrillery movies? Uh, are you someone who hasn't watched a movie from before 1970, so you won't understand that a 1958 movie isn't going to have the same kind of pacing or film stock that you're used to? And then I'd go, eh, maybe you should Matthew, check it. Matthew doesn't make recommendations. So if somebody walks up to him and says... Hey, Matthew, can you make a recommendation? He goes, get thee behind me, demon! Because he immediately recognizes it as a, as a Hellionite who has come to take his soul. And then he has no, to we're fight him. we're talking about movies. If, you, if you're talking about comic books, I will, I will hella recommend comic books. But movies are kind of a different experience. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Zach, what about you? Stop uh, no-selling me. I would recommend this. Uh, based on... Did you like it? Was it? Is it a good like, movie? Pardon me, ma'am. I noticed that you're having trouble putting your child to sleep. Might I recommend The Man of Steel? <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's hard. I mean, I can't really judge how good of a movie it is. Basically missing the entire second act and probably a good two-thirds of the third. But... <laughs> Uh, I would recommend this on the fact of it has done so much at the box office that this will be important in future DC movies, uh, Hmm. knowing that it will spawn a movie that apparently might be being fast-tracked to 2014. That's what they say. Which would then, who knows if that's going to be Justice League after that or what's going to happen. So it's like, I mean, would you, like, Iron Man 2 is going to come out. You should be like, hey, you should probably go watch Iron Man 1 because right. it kicks. Um, But I would, like, on the basis of what's coming in the future, you should probably watch Man of Steel uh, my roommate liked Superman, and he enjoyed the movie. Um, and I mean, if you like things exploding, this would probably be good. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Um, I took my uh, took my son, my oldest son, to go see this. We uh, kind of promised him many, many moons ago that we could go see it. And in the last, I guess, three weeks leading up to the release, he's like, Dad, 20 days till Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. Dad, 14 days till Man of Steel. Dad, seven days till Man of Steel. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, this is a PG-13 film. I think we need to have a talk with Mom about this. And we talked about it, and we decided, okay, he can handle it if there's violence. And I found out what the big thing was before we went to the theater. So he and I had a good chat about, you know, what is right and what is wrong, what is fake, what is real, what can you do, what can you not do. I had recorded all that. I would recorded the conversation, but he was really, I think when I put the microphone in front of him, he freezes up. Sure. Because it's a lot of, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. and, 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 you know, I mean, when you're, when you're talking to someone, it's one thing, but when you're like, so. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Like, they, no, no, no. You know, it's, people, it, was an, it was a good, I mean, sure, it was a sure, good conversation. Sure. And I think, you know, he, you know, we had the question. So of, small child, you <laughs> claim that you love Superman and yet know very little about it. What is your excuse? <laughs> you know, I gave him the quiz. I said, you know, what do you I'm, know about Superman? Tell I'm me about four it. Years old. It's older than four. People were asking, is there going to be an ask a four year old? It's like, no, the kid's almost six, six this week. Yep. So, um, you're gonna, you're gonna have to wait two years for that one. I thought yeah. that he would be kind of freaked out. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I thought he'd be kind of freaked out by all the violence. Cause sometimes when we watch stuff on TV and he sees a lot of blood and stuff, he runs and hides behind the couch. There's only one scene that had a lot of blood, mm -hmm. Superman coughing stuff up and he kind of turned, turned away. Didn't see that. Uh -huh. Um, of course not. It happened in the first <laughs> hour of the movies. Uh, but then afterwards we're walking out and he's like, man, it's too bad we can't go see Man of Steel again right now. Mm. So he really, really liked it. Right. He hasn't been pestering me to go see it again. Right. Because I told him, well, we've got some other movies coming out. Let's go see Monsters University next. And, yeah. But I think uh, he's going to talk his mom into... Taking him. Taking him. So I'll be stuck with the youngest. And he and I will talk all about The Flash. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I liked the movie. I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was a great movie. And I kind of used this phrase uh, earlier in the week on another show. I said, this isn't the Superman movie that we wanted or that mm -hmm. a lot of people wanted. That's the Superman movie the we super deserve. But no, it's the <laughs> Superman movie that we need. Mm -hmm. It's the movie it's that we the, earned. It's the Superman movie that we need because the success or failure of this movie will determine DC movies going forward. Right. And had this been a colossal turd, mm -hmm. um, I think the DC Warner Brothers would have just said, Look, we'll farm this out to TV shows that have little to no resemblance to the comic books, and we'll right. sell that to CW for the next fifty years. But you guys can forget about a uh, another you know superhero movie mm -hmm. unless it's Batman. Right. This actually has some very good parts in it, and yes, there are some things that a lot of people disagree with. But as with every author that comes in and gives their interpretation of a character or giving someone a sister, um. Not the same. This is an interpretation. Right. And this is, and I'm not a big fan of David Goyer. I've gone on record as saying, you know, he's got a lot of problems, a lot more misses than hits. Um, this is his interpretation of that story. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that, especially if they can address it in a future film. Um, and it looks like they will. 2014 is what they're looking to fast track this. So next Christmas, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it's a good film. It's not a great film. I would recommend this to other people to go see, especially if they like comic book movies. Mm -hmm. So that is my recommendation. Matthew, how did everybody else vote? 
Right now, I'm looking at 159 votes, 79% saying yes, they would recommend Superman, even though the Superman yes face is the single most horrifying thing I have seen you, you in the year y- 2000. You don't watch uh, Young Justice? It's, um, it's is, that is that from Young, Young Justice? Justice? Oh, I thought it was going to be from um, the oh, latest one. No, no, it's or the scary. latest animated movie. It's um, no, no. scary and it makes me so but granted, the no face, which I think is a Mike Sikowski with an enormous forehead, almost a five head, uh, still is creepy. 21% saying no. So really, it looks like about a three to one in favor of the yes. Yeah, I, I mean, think the main problem that you have is that there are different iterations of Superman. And if you are a fan of Superman who started reading Superman before about, I'm going to say 1985, 86, the thing that happens that we've been not talking about is fundamentally antithetical to everything that Superman stood for. So well, yeah. So everything that old school Superman, everything before the John Byrne Superman, right? That is well, that is what that is yeah. to a point. I mean, but even I'm going to have to go back and look because I'm pretty sure Superman did something. I mean. Something similar in All Star Superman, didn't he? Didn't he kill the entity or whatever it was? I don't know. I haven't read All Star Superman all the way through. Huh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so interesting. So telling. Um. So you know, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I'll that give you guys joke a joke. Was just for you, Steve. <laughs> no, no. Um. And everybody else at home knows uh, that you're telling the truth too. So. Um. Oh. Here's what's going to happen. That's hurtful. Here's what's going to happen. A lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying, hey, but during uh, John Byrne's run, Superman number 22, Superman does do this. So here's what we're going to do. This weekend, Matthew is going to do a retro review over Superman number 22 by John Byrne that covers this particular instance. Going to give a review of that single issue. But Mm -hmm. then to take all that into context, next week on the Major Spoilers podcast, we're going to be looking at John Byrne's 22 issue run. Of that, you can get it now. How many more days does this comicsology thing run? Till the twentieth. So you've got plenty of time. A couple more days to go and get all these issues for like ninety nine cents. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, uh, and read up with that as well. Um, Burn takes a different take on on Superman. It does something mm-hmm. that you know. Sadly, Burn ended his run on issue number twenty two and left the mess for everybody else to clean up. And I don't know why he left, but we can talk about that all next week. But as it I relates do. to Man of Steel. Um, that's what we're going to be doing going forward. So you guys have a little bit of a heads up and, and can prepare. You have a homework question from Matthew. And the homework question is this is a vow never to do something again. The same thing as a vow never to do something. Discuss. Well, come back in seven days. Yeah. Uh, is that, that's a homework question for the listeners. Yeah, well, the listeners. Yeah. Oh, we can talk about it. Too. Yeah, sure, the sure, people, sure. The people who are listening. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. All right. Let us take a quick break. Let's take a listen to a couple of questions and a review. And when we come back, let's talk about ROM Space Night. ROM! Read only memory. No. Stick hmm. around. Hey, they just spoil this crew. Just had a quick question for you. Um, it's been a couple weeks, maybe a few months now, since the Pope retired, so I thought we'd be hearing the Pope on Mario more on the program, but no go. Uh, is there some bad blood there, or what's the story? Thanks a lot. 
Hey, Major Spoilers guys, this is Monty Turner calling in from Leander, Texas, and I had a couple questions for Senor Lopez. So, Rodrigo, third edition of Exalted is coming around the corner, and we all know you're excited, but what are some of the new features of third edition, and did you spend enough on Kickstarter to grab yourself a deluxe edition? That's pretty much all. So, you guys have a great show, and uh, Matthew, tell Fake Rigo to send me a postcard. See ya. Hello, this is Stephen Bauer. I'm reviewing today Batman 19 and 20. The main story is a solid and enjoyable two-part storyline and starts off with Bruce robbing a bank. But it ends up being a tale about Clayface, whose original DNA is degrading from all of its transforming. But the bonus with these two issues is that the backup story is also self-contained. It features Superman and Bats teaming up after Clark comes to check on him following Damien's death, but Superman is the one that needs help after they run into some supernatural trouble. Overall, two solid stories, and I'd give it about three and a half slices of meatloaf. Make mine major spoilers. Thank you so much to everyone who called in this week. Uh, Rodrigo, question to you. What are you excited about in this new edition of Exalted? Um, the big promise that they've made for this edition of Exalted is that they are going to really streamline the system, which is really the thing that people have always complained about the game. Um, the game has a really, really amazing setting and has great concepts. It allows for so many different things, so many different um, ideas for characters and things that you can do. But the system is complex. They are promising that the system is going to be a lot lighter for this. And I think that is the that is the thing that has always kept people away from Exalted and that mm. it is a very narrative system mm-hmm. with a very strong mechanical bent. So... I think they're going to reduce that. The other thing is that they're saying that it's going to, they're not going to advance the storyline too much, at least from second edition. So all of your fluff books are going to continue to be um, viable. Legitimate. Yes. Usable. Yes. Um, The other part was, did you buy into the Kickstarter? I did not. Um, Every time. Let me guess. Brian did. I think, I don't know. He kept, he, Brian, it's funny because Brian's always like, uh, I don't know if I want to, because like the one of the lowest levels was like thirty bucks. Oh, really? It like goes, it like went from like one dollar for you get nothing mm-hmm. except maybe like a mention in the back to thirty bucks you get a PDF. Yeah, yeah. and then from then up because it was actually the Kickstarter was they were going to come out with the PDF anyway. The Kickstarter is for the Bad deluxe edition. edition. Yeah. Um. So. You know, Brian kept saying, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to buy into it. And then, like, later on, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to buy into it. So I assumed that he did eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm I just going to buy into this. Did. Yeah, I thought he said um, something about PDFs and doing something, but I don't know. I know, I know that uh, Adriana did. Oh, she did? Okay. All right. So, no, I wasn't pulling my weight as far as, as kickstarting, but it's largely because I haven't really made Kickstarter a part of my routine. So, like, anytime I would think about it, I was usually, like, oh, here yeah. with Brian. Yeah, yeah. So I just never thought to do it. Yeah. Plus, anytime you have spare money, you use it to buy cheeseburgers. I used to. I haven't, uh, haven't kickstarted anything lately. No? No, wait a minute. I take that back. I did something this week. Hey, <laughs> Ar- Armacrod? Oh, Dr. yeah. The, uh, did, uh, yeah, yeah. 
like video spiritual game successor to the Neverhood. Yeah, yeah. So if you like the Neverhood, you might want to check that out. I don't out. know how many days that has going, but uh, a lot of people are real interested in seeing that game. And I've seen oh, some yeah. of the behind the scenes uh, stop motion stuff that they've been doing. Yeah. It looks pretty cool. Oh, no, it, it always, it's going to look great. Yeah, yeah. Zach, you do some tabletop and did you uh, know about this exalted stuff? I had seen it on my adventures of browsing the Kickstarter, but I'm not into tabletop role playing games enough to like click on it to find out more about it. I'd heard of Exalted before and I was just like I'm not I'm, there's no way I'm going to uh, donate into this. Mm. I'm just not going to read it. What was the last thing you kickstarted? <sighs> um a light meter that attaches to oh, your Lexi? iPhone. I, yeah. I that. Yeah, I yeah I'm waiting too. for that to get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just got in my full hardback edition of God Hates Astronauts from the oh, uh, cool. webcomic mm-hmm. and a whole lot of bookmarks and posters and all good goody stuff. Uh, I think that was the last thing. Looks like this week I backed a independent film called Double Trouble, a time travel comedy. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about this is they actually got two twin, uh, got a pair of twins mm. to, to play, play the themselves person. as they go back in time. So that, nice. I thought that was pretty cool. And of course, I did the uh, Code Monkey uh, stuff, right, um, for that comic. So, Matthew, did you kickstart anything? Um, well, the Chrysler occasionally gives me trouble, but yeah, parties. That's that's all that Matthew kickstarts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if there's any Power Ranger uh, Kickstarter projects going on. No, because Choe Limited will shut you down with a quickness. Oh, I did. I backed the uh, uh, the Hex MMO trading card game mm-hmm. from Cripes. What is that? Oh, Cryptoz- Cryptozoic. Mm-hmm. Cryptozoic is making an MMO trading card game thingy. It did 2.2 million of pledges. There is a... Uh, Kickstarter called MMPR, a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan film. They needed $18,500. They raised over $32,000, and it still has 10 days to go for a fan film. Good fro, then. Nice. That's what I say. Listeners, if you want to be part of the Major Spoilers experience, we do have a phone number that we want you to call. Leave a message, leave a comment, thought, idea, review, whatever it is. <laughs> So like <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at a Kickstarter. There's a there's a one for a film called The Lord of Catan. It just says a husband and wife's game night plunges them into a vortex of madness and destruction. <laughs> Sounds about right, <laughs> <with> Catan. <laughs> uh, Matthew, what's the phone number if people want to call and leave a message? 785-727-1939. A major spoilers marinated mojo pork butt hotline. I don't uh, usually go out and just post a bunch of Kickstarter stuff all over the website because mm-hmm. we get a lot of those and it's kind of tapered off because we haven't done as soon as I mention a Kickstarter we'll start getting a flood of hey can you mention my Kickstarter can you right, mention right, my Kickstarter right. and I guess my policy is unless we know the project or the people involved typically we're not going to post it on the website but if you want to call the hotline and use you know 45 seconds or whatever to tell people about your Kickstarter I don't have a problem with that right I'm gonna but, start to uh, kick it Start out with, hey, guys, love the show. You guys and are then awesome. After that, after that, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, don't, don't, just don't say anything racist. And then tell all your friends to download the show. <laughs> Use that as, the, as your springboard to uh, 
get your Kickstarter campaign funded. Seriously, though, I heard Matthew one time just showed up with like a keg and a football helmet, and that's all he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best party. Yeah, I got married that weekend. There you go. Also want to give a shout out to our friends at tweakedaudio.com. Use the checkout code MAJOR when you pick up one of your great uh, headphones. Somebody bought a new pair today or picked up their first pair today. Uh, let me see if I can find the, the tweet that he sent out. Uh, this is from Bronson, who says, I just bought some tweaked classics. Thanks so much, Major Spoilers, for the code and tweaked for the headphones. Oh, bunch of different you. styles, bunch of different colors. You can find them at tweakedaudio.com. We thank them for supporting this show. Yeah. Check out code major. 30% off the price. Whoa. Can't beat that. You know what we probably could beat? What's that? ROM Space Night. No. No one can beat ROM. (laughs) So I don't know if we told this story last week or if it was off the air or whatever. But a couple of years ago, Mm. uh, we were at Nerdtacular and we went into a comic shop, a game shop slash comic shop. Their comics were like a spinner rack and then games. And I was looking and they had a little bin here and they had bundled together like 18, 25 issues, I think 18 issues of, of ROM Space Night. And I was like, oh, Matthew's always going on about ROM Space Night. I will pick this up and give it to him for his birthday. And it was like 11 bucks for 18 issues. And I was like, oh, this is, this is worth the mm-hmm. price. Brought it home, and I was like, oh, I'm going to start teasing Matthew about ROM <laughs> Space Night and how I have this entire run for him. And then Matthew's like, no, I've already got it. I told you I to. And so I was stuck with 18 issues of ROM Space Night. <laughs> Until today. That's what you get for trying to buy comic books. That's what him. I get to try to being nice to yeah. you. Agreed. I get stuck with Nobody, ROMs. Nothing, well, even the nothing stop ever came. Right twice a day. Nothing good ever came think, from being nice that, to your friends. I think that year we, I got a, got a bunch of other things instead. It was either yeah, a bunch of I, Doctor Who stuff. Oh, no, that was the Legion of Superheroes uh, yeah, action figure year. birthday. Also, every time we go to Nertacular, you come back with like a trunk full of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be able to do that this year. No, it's because we're going to be like there. seventy miles outside of the great city of Salt Lake. Well, I'm sure there'll be some time. We have to look and see. Yeah, because it's like seventy miles. They said to get to the airport. My yeah, and actually, now that I think of it, if they're thinking seventy miles, like when you and I think about seventy miles, it's like oh, it's just like an hour's yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. But 70 miles through, like, hills and mountains, that yeah. might actually be a lot. Be a, while, yeah. be a while. So we'll have to look. Like, maybe if we calculate have... the surface area into that, could be, like, six hours. But maybe if we went to Salt Lake City, we could buy fireworks. No, we cannot. They're illegal. In Are they? Yeah, yeah. I kind of have a feeling. And uh, the resort will arrest you because you're up in the mountains where it's really dry. That's a good point. Mm. And uh, my sister this week was telling me about all the nice fires around Colorado Springs and north of Colorado Springs. Last last year, yeah. Yeah, there, was a, there was a fire on the same mountain that uh, yeah, that's Nertacular Scott. host Scott Johnson yeah, yeah. lives in. So really, and we were fixing Rob, we were fixing Rob's car, mm. and I was standing outside. It's like, what's all this crap falling on my car? It was ash. Yep. So. Those force. Anyway, Rom Space Night. Terrifying. Yes. Sorry. Rom got Space Night. Got this. Space it started out as a nerdtacular story about doing something nice for Matthew space and night. turned into, man, we're going to have to read this Rom Space Night at some point. And that point hey. is today. So Rom started out as a toy from uh, Parker Brothers. Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, in the 1970s, 77, I think I want to say. Right? Something like that. Yeah. And um, honestly, in hindsight, a pretty crappy toy. 
Although it was the one of the first <laughs> one of the first toys that had like uh, LED lights that could light up for the eyes, mm-hmm. nice. and it had like a little microchip inside that had like breathing sounds and gun sounds and warp sounds and all these kinds of things. Pew pew pew. But it only had like one. Well, it had like uh, five points of articulation. Mm-hmm. Right. Rough. So no no uh, joints at the <laughs> no elbows, elbows would bend. It was pretty stiff. Um, Time Magazine put it on the cover and uh, basically said it's a cool toy, but it's ultimately going to be a failure. And that may be why I never got one, because mm. my parents were into time. Maybe they saw that and said no. But the commercials look cool. Yeah. They're like, I don't want my son to play with failed toys. <laughs> I don't think the toy was around for very long. It wasn't. Uh, I remember being at uh, my uh, parents' friend's house and watching TV while they played card games and seeing a commercial or two for ROM Space Night. And I was like, oh, my God, I have got to have this. And then there's this cool advertisement that shows like a meteor falling from the sky mm. and then it's like three or four panels and then this giant robot walking out of a crashed asteroid crater thing and it's just like rom and i was like i've gotta have this and then it just disappeared i think it was only out for a year but it's in that year that uh, parker brothers was able to convince marvel that you guys ought to license this as a character and do a comic book series on this and I think Marvel had just previously done G.I. Joe, right, Matthew? No, G.I. Joe was a couple of years later. G.I. Joe was 82. Oh, this okay. was 79, but this would have been in the wake of their most successful adaptation, uh, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did Star Wars. They did Logan's Run. They did a bunch of stuff in the mid-70s. And then by this point in time, they were tying you know all sorts of crap into the Marvel Universe. Well, and this is certainly one of them ROM Space Night. So, Matthew, give us a rundown of ROM Space Night. ROM Space Night. ROM is the greatest warrior of the lost planet Galador. Now, Galador was under uh, siege by these alien uh, uh, spooge creatures. Uh, The alien uh, Pillsbury Doughboys, for lack of a better word, from space called the Dire Wraiths. And in order to defeat the Dire Wraiths. So evil witches. Evil witches from outer space. space. Made of dough. And they were they were going to destroy Galador. So what Galador did was it gathered warriors, and it took these warriors and turned them into cyborg space knights. And there was a bunch of them. There was Rack the Breaker, and there was Unam the Unseen, and there was one called Plor, which I just love saying Plor. Sometimes when I'm mad at my wife, I tell her she's a Plor, and she gets really upset and cries. And then the greatest of them all was Rom, the Space Knight. Now I and forget. He had three weapons. Okay, what were they? He had his analyzer. Right. He had his neutralizer. Mm-hmm. And he had his translator, which meant anywhere he went in space, he could analyze and identify a dire wraith. He could communicate with whatever aliens there were, and he could use his neutralizer to shoot them dire wraiths into limbo. Problem for Rom, though, when he comes to Earth, he mm-hmm. doesn't say, people of Earth, I am here <laughs> to protect you from the dire wraiths which have disguised themselves to look like you. No, he no. shows up and starts shooting people. Dire wraiths. You know what's like awesome about this is I didn't realize, it's been a long time, but I didn't realize that Rom is damn near eight feet tall. Yeah, he is really tall. He's enormous, and I had never, I hadn't really put that together. It's been so long since I've read these, but yeah, he's walking down the main street of Clareton, West Virginia, and he starts analyzing people, and he sees these raves, and these people are like, "Oh my God, what's he doing? He's going to kill us all!" 
and he just pew pew shoots the wraith down and turns and walks away. And then and you people can are hear like his feet going plunk. plunk and plunk. and all throughout the eighteen issues that we read, people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh my god, you killed that person!" And Rom's like, "No, no, 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 I didn't." Quit shooting at me now. I didn't kill anybody. I killed a race and nobody believes it. This is a man. What is this? The equivalent of this is like your this. These issues read like your TV series of the week. Uh, Mm -hmm. They made a um, war of the world TV series in the 80s. Kung Fu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and that movie with uh, Gort. What is it? The day the earth stood still. Day the earth stood still and Kung Fu. That's what this is. So it's like if, if Gort was walking the earth having adventures, you would have Rom Space Knight. Or, or, or you know, the Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Uh, what's neat or what's interesting is Rom befriends a human female. Mm-hmm. And by trying to explain what the heck he's doing, we learn all about Galador and we learn about the changing into the, to the Space Knights. Mm-hmm. And we learn that we're about the Space Shadow pterodactyl. Yes. The dire. The, the dire race. The, the, it's their, like the dark wing dire, or something. Yeah, dark wing. That's right. The dark wings and the war wolves. Or the wraith right, right. War wraith wolves, ring. Yeah. I forget what it is, but. Uh, Space pterodactyl. But we find out that <laughs> the process of being converted into a cyborg is irreversible. For Rom, at least. Hmm. Deathwing. Deathwing. Deathwing night crunch. Well, and we, we discover that the hard way when another set of. Uh, of Space Knight armor shows up on Earth, and they they put a guy in it, and the guy's like, "Oh no, now I am Space Knight too! Fighty, fighty, fighty!" That would be um, Firefall. 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 Who has the greatest real name? I, if I were a superhero, I would just call myself Archie Striker. Now is this? <laughs> but I mean, is this Striker? Is he the same Striker that we saw in like no the uh, no not the animated no, this, series this or is, anything like no. that? This, this is, is just Archie. some. This is just some two bit criminal of the army. Re- recruited to battle the rom at one point in time um there were like 15 different characters named striker running around it's mm. kind of like when you read a, a rod serling script like 15 or 20 different characters pop up in the twilight zone who are evil named sykes hmm. that's kind of what striker was in the marvel universe in the 70s and 80s there were hmm. strikers everywhere will you stop shooting at me woman matthew question was yes, the shield agent in that first and second arc, actually, in anything else besides this? Uh, which one was it? Was it Jasper? I don't know. It was a uh, blonde-headed God, guy. God, I don't know. The only main Well, there are a couple agent. of blonde-headed guys. Hang on. Let me go Hold back on. and find I got a I, uh, da, da, da. I don't remember if they named him. I was thinking it was I either... I swear they did. I think they did. I don't remember his I name. I don't remember though. his name, though. It was weird. I will say that that is... I want to say that's the first indication that you're in the Marvel Universe... Oh yeah, yes. and I mean, and it's it's Shield. weird. It's weird to say from one perspective, like clearly this is a Marvel book, so it's in the Marvel universe, right? right. But not knowing a lot about Rom and like coming in, and especially it being an adaptation or or a kind of product um, <laughs> launch kind of thing, right? Um, sort of a tie-in, a yeah, license. a tie-in, if you will. Um, it was weird because I see this guy and he's like, this guy is wearing like a tight-fitting suit, a belt, and then a belt across his chest. I'm like, ah. That guy looks like a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, and they're like, hello, Hello, S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield agent. agent. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, hello, we're in the Celine Marvel Dion. Universe. Next thing you know, Doctor Strange is going to show up for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And he does. And that, well, yeah. and that's, you know, comparing to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with, uh, um, who was it last week? Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just the fact that in Shang-Chi, at least in the books that we read, 
you really don't see any other Marvel characters show up. Right. In Rom Space Knight, every Marvel hero <laughs> shows up. I mean, uh, we get to see Doctor Strange. We get to see the X-Men. Jack of Hearts. Jack of Hearts. We, I mean, it just is like, uh, there was somebody else that popped up that I was like, oh, I'm really surprised that that one appeared in there. But it was just like. Oh, um, Ms. Marvel is name checked. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just was like, wow, this is really, you know, quite a bit different uh, than what we had read before. But I'm guessing it's because, hey, we just paid all this money for this property so we could make comic books out of it. Right. Let's get mm-hmm. people reading comic books about this yeah. and hopefully turn that around and turn it into sales for Parker Brothers. Yeah. Well, and and also, hey, if this toy turns out to be the smash success that they're saying it's going to be, now everybody who picks this issue is going to be like, who is this Doctor Strange? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was actually a crossover with pa- Power Man and Iron Fist. Where yes. apparently Rom, um, when we were reading Power Man and Iron Fist, you know that uh, the hookers, uh, the street walkers that are there and the pimps, I guess one of them's a dire wraith. And nice. uh, Rom kills her. And then the pimp is so mad that he hires uh, <laughs> Iron Power Fist Man and Power Iron Man <laughs> to, go, uh, to go take down Rom. But, uh, but that wasn't in, in our reading It this wasn't week. in our collection because Marvel no longer owns the rights to Rom. Yeah, so when they collected really Power Man and Iron Fist, they couldn't collect that. Yeah, yeah. By the way, this agent is not somebody we've seen before. Agent Crawler? Yeah, I thought he was Clay Quartermain for a minute. Crawler is a jerk. I I just like the fact that they keep they keep the continuity correct from issue to issue. You know, it's not like yeah. they go into some wild thing. I mean, everything ties back in. So Rom befriends this Earth female and tells mm-hmm. her story. Right. Oh, then then she meets a, a guy and they're starting to fall in love. And then, oh, no, everybody gets captured. And then, oh, they all escape. But something's just not right about the boyfriend anymore. And, oh, it's because he's a he's a race. He's a race. And then See, that, you know, leads up to the the climax. I, no, the X, X-Men was the climax of this uh, right. series that we read. But, you know, they're on the wedding all, you know, their wedding day. And mm-hmm. Rom shows up. Please don't kill my fiance. I'm not going to kill anyone. I told you that. They're I know. And then Jack of Hearts shows up. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I like like it from the fact that they're building on the story, and it develops and evolves somewhat naturally, as any kind of story could evolve. Um, And that's one good thing about Rom Space Knight. Mm -hmm. This series takes a lot of crap, (laughs) because (laughs) Rom is considered to be a lame character, and this series is is a lot of people what they consider to be the nadir of Marvel's 70s books. But here's the thing that you're looking at here. This is designed to be a second-tier book featuring, you know, a second-tier character. That's why we have the tie-ins. That's why we have the Doctor Strange. That's why we have, you know, the Shang-Chi that comes up at later issues. There are a lot of crossovers here tying this down because this is not going to be your Spider-Man. This is going to be your second level seller that only does 100,000 comics a month, which, you know, that's the 70s. Things were different. Right, right. Actually, the early 80s. But if you read through these 18 issues, you are looking at two Marvel creators who are incredibly prolific, incredibly consistent, and get no respect at all. Bill Mantlo, who wrote all of these tales, is one of the guys from 70s Marvel. You don't find people who say, I sure do love me some Mantlo. And when you do, it's usually those people who are going, you guys don't know how cool Mantlo is, like I'm doing right now. Mantlo's writing 
turned this from a crappy book about a crappy toy to a really cool kind of hero's journey about a crappy toy about a crappy toy. And it's all drawn by uh, John Buscema's baby brother, Sal. John Buscema, of course, notorious, beautiful artist. The guy who created Mary Jane Watson does gorgeous work. And Sal is known as the guy who draws really fast. But Sal is incredible throughout this book because if you look at all the pages where Brandy is is going, oh, Rom, I think I love you, but I cannot speak of it, with her fingers in her mouth and looking all sad, incredibly deep expressions, wonderful facial expressions. When her boyfriend becomes a wraith, he gets that evil slasher smile that never leaves his face, and you know there's something wrong with this mofo. That's uh, the stuff uh, that Sal us, does. Allow us to retort. No. As far as the art goes, the art is fine. It's very much in style with what I expect from the time period, except that Sal must have like five faces. Yes, he only has five faces. Those five faces are put on 500 different characters. He has handsome man, beautiful girl, fat man, vicious man, and beautiful girl with a slightly wider chin to make her look less like a beautiful girl. Right. And, and I think that was my and, big problem with and, this. And of course, at some point, everybody goes, <laughs> and that face, that face shows up a lot. Well, you remember, so that, that we, would be a- <laughs> we've, we've dealt with Sal before. He right. drew all of the Nomad stuff yeah. in Captain America. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be one problem that I would have just with the art is that it's like, okay, let's go from the template and stick him in. Uh, Zach, uh, what did you think of Rom Space Knight? Uh, this was actually kind of cool. In that I eventually, I think I've read, we've read all these like 70s and 80s comics lately, and I started off hating them because of what they are and all the text and weirdness. And now that we've read enough, I'm kind of getting used to them. And this, I think, fit that style so perfectly that it was enjoyable. Especially when the giant uh, radiation lizard showed up, yes. and I and all of my interest in this comic came flooding back, and I was mm. like, "This!" And then, and then he was only there for like two issues. Oh and no, I I'm slipping. I actually, I actually do think that that's one of the best issues. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it ties it to the Marvel universe, but in a totally weird way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like the lizard is like actually like really an interesting character. And he's like, yeah. oh, Rom is like, let's be friends. And the lizard's like, okay. And then he's like, no, no I've changed my mind. <laughs> I am the only one who's allowed to kill that guy. Blah, blah, blah. That's funny. Um, Rodrigo, thoughts? Reactions? Likes? Dislikes? I, I like a lot of things about this comic. Um, I like that Rom plays, Rom plays the... Uh, the robot trope pretty straight of like humans your puny weapons do not harm me why are you even attacking me you know um mm-hmm. i like the the probably the thing that i like the most about this is that despite the fact that somebody came to marvel and said hey guys here's this terrible toy robot <laughs> um that we want you to help us sell Marvel, the guys at Marvel sat down and wrote a Marvel comic about yeah, they it. Did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wrote a, a comic about an anti-hero who is trying to redeem himself after screwing things up. Everybody hates him. Everybody thinks he's a criminal. 
only except uh instead of trapping guys upside down from lampposts first he scans them then he zaps them and sends them to limbo yes to limbo limbo um i like the story i think the story is Mm -hmm. in it in its own weird way it's just weird you know, that's, I guess, all yeah. you can say, but it it's read just really like weird. it read like a weekly TV show yeah. where it's, every it's week you've got those three guys over there going, oh, my God, it's Rom Space Night. Why hasn't someone killed him yet? Well, we will send our operatives out to get right, him. And right. Blah, 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 blah. Hilarity ensues. And boom, they're dead. And dun, 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 dun. Yep. Then dun, Rom's dun, like, dun, dun, yeah, on the side dun, of the highway trying to trying dun, to hitch dun, a ride. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> that's a giant robot, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> He's like cars just like <laughs> flying off the road trying to avoid him. Well, and Mentlo gives the character such soul because when he's doing his I am a robot alien from space, he's in secretly in his mind going, I sure do wish I was a man so I could boink brandy. Yeah. You know, he has mm-hmm. that 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 dichotomy going on. And strangely enough, when I read these issues, having, you know, read them several years ago and originally read them. <laughs> I think think that you you miss some of the nuance of it, that tragic underlying of he's he's lost his world, he's lost his people. And sure, he's this great, super powerful guy who's come to Earth. And when I'm 9 and 10 and 11 years old reading this, I'm like, it sure would be awesome to be this great, super powerful guy floating around the Earth. But you realize he doesn't fit in. And everybody hates him and nobody wants him around. There's the, the moment where he's sitting in Brandy's living room, being this enormous robot tank, just sitting and like half breaking a chair. And her father walks in and he's got the, the Sal Buscema Whoa! face. <laughs> but that moment, you know, that completely out of place, completely out of scale. That's something that I didn't remember from reading these. I didn't. I don't know if I didn't catch it or if it didn't register with my nine-year-old brain, but just the the alienness and the the tragedy of him being completely out of his element, completely out of his you know his world, is kind of like you know your Marvel story, your Howard the Duck, your Spider Man. Yeah. That character is an outcast no matter what he does, and that's something that you know you don't really think about Rom as being that deep philosophical book. But it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, this book actually raises a lot of questions. It's like, well, it, you know, here's this chick. She's got a boyfriend. Yeah. Rom's kind of into her. And assuming that things could work out, it's like, is he justified in doing that sort of thing? Well, yeah. Rom is a hero. He saved an entire race. It's been 200 years since he's had any play. I'm, you know, I'm just going to say I don't feel as bad for the guy trying to wreck the relationship. Yeah. No, mm. especially when he's like, well, since we're here at the al- altar, why don't we just wait until we both know what we're going to do with our lives? <laughs> so he yeah. kind of comes off as a jack wagon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve Jackson is his name. Steve Jackson. Yeah. Steve yes. Jack wagon. Yeah. He I eventually like he eventually creates paranoia. He eventually <laughs> creates munchkin. <laughs> My name's Zach, and I make the exact same joke because the other one was before my time. Rodrigo, what didn't you like about this book? What didn't I like about this book? Um, it's it's a little slow and a little wordy, and we've talked about that before just with, with the uh, comics of this era. That's not a huge problem. Um, I think that sometimes... It and and I mean and for me this line is pretty far because I went into this wanting to read stuff about robots, 
right you know ch- shooting other weird things yeah um but there's that line where it becomes goofy mm-hmm. and it very mm-hmm. frequently jumps right yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah, it yeah. i mean and, and and part of it is i think trying to squeeze situations into it um, where people would be like, you know what? Maybe this Rom guy isn't so crazy, but no, there's like this wacky reaction of like, he's an evil robot from outer space kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> sometimes it seems that in order to preserve the status quo, we get either more a situation that's more ridiculous yeah, than it yeah. needs to be, or the X-Men. people are just clearly ignoring what is actually happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my only issue, which again, it's not like I'm not reading Rom Space Night to be wowed by an amazing plot twist or anything mm-hmm. like that right mm-hmm. so going in thinking this is an action book about a cool robot there's actually very little to be disappointed by oh yeah yeah. if that's what you go into and knowing that it's yeah and it's some i think some cheesy fun yeah it's actually and, then in that case is actually like matthew said is actually surprisingly yeah, deep. yeah 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 uh he does take down wolverine and uh, colossus mm-hmm. so but uh, back before that meant anything true well, I suppose these guys. Those this is guys, 1980. Those guys those would guys get easily trounced by the old. juggernaut back then. <laughs> You'll remember in 1984, the Wasp defeated the entire Seven Man X Men team. It didn't necessarily mean anything back in the 80s to take out the X Men. Well, he took out the X Men anyway. Yep. Well, a lot nowadays, of- nowadays it's a big deal. I, I think my yeah. biggest problem with this book, and like I said, it was a lot of fun to read just because of the you know, the silliness of it, or I shouldn't say silly in, as in wacka, wacka, wacka kind of stuff, but in silly as in, this is the weirdest situation. Right. It's like, in today's episode, yes, yes. space aliens that turn into dogs track down Rom to an abandoned warehouse. Yes. Also, yesterday, he <laughs> saw a ghost. Yes. Uh, in a and then house. Doctor Strange. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's like, yeah, this is a, this is a good story. Art-wise... Mm-hmm. The art is what I expect, but too often times you get into the too many faces look alike, and that kind of soils it for me. And that happens with a lot of artists mm-hmm. when you look at them, and there's a lot, not a lot of distinctiveness between the characters. It is, it is and 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 the funny thing about that is that you know you see Rom, and he's he's looking at Brandy, and he's like, "Oh, this chick reminds me of my old girlfriend." Right, and right. Cut her, and it's like, yeah, she has the same face. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, just imagine, it's on, like, I guess it would be on like, purpose. It's like, just imagine like Judy Jetson with her white hair. Mm-hmm. Now imagine Judy Jetson with blonde hair, Judy right. Jetson with red hair. Oh no, that's... no, don't imagine Judy <laughs> Jetson with red hair. That's weird. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I mean, I like this enough. And if that's you can find just... the issues, cause these are not collected as Matthew said, you are going to have to wait till you go down to some questionable store that mm. was uh, closed a year later. Right. Or it never existed. Oh. Wait, I'm looking, for like, I'm looking for the gaming store that was there. We were here a year ago. Uh, there's never been a gaming store over there. That, well, that place has been condemned for like the I, last 20 years. I think you're thinking of old Hickory Hobbies. That <laughs> store burned down in 1933. <laughs> 1933. But, but who wants phone? What? It's like, well, you know, Steven got... Uh, Got 12 issues of Rom Space Night. I actually got a Mogway out of the deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, bottom line for me, I think this is a lot of fun. If you want to go in for that stuff, um, do track down the issues if, if you really want to. I saw, I was doing some research. You can find certainly all the issues on eBay and on Amazon used. 
Uh, so it shouldn't be too hard to find, yeah, but it's don't, it's don't silly. Pay more than a buck. For oh no 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 well, no! Oh, I would pay yeah, no, fifty cents, seventy five cents for each one, and that should you be get good a for you. Copy of Zach, what's your bottom line on all this? This is fun, and that's what a lot of it is. And you could totally tell they had that this like first uh, five or six issue arc plan from the beginning, and it was pretty solid and went kind of through. And then the crazy stuff kind of happened when Strange and all the dinosaurs, and yeah, 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 all the crazy stuff kind of happened. And it still worked, and it was still fun. If if you're like in your local comic shop, or searching the eBay, um, if you find them in the right place, I would say maybe pick them up. I wouldn't re- read them a couple times. I'd probably just read them once, and maybe for fifty cents an issue, that would be worth it to read a couple of them. I think it'll get would a you good pay ninety nine cents on your comicsology? No, okay. I would not. I would not buy eighteen issues of Raw for ninety nine cents. Um, ninety nine cents or ninety nine cents each? Ninety nine cents each. What um, about ninety nine cents total? Not sure. Okay. I don't think you. you I could get you. It, this is this is not hyperbole. I could get you the first twenty five issues of Raw for twelve dollars. That would probably right be now. worth it. That would probably Literally. be worth it. It would be a fun I can, I afternoon can you, read. I can give you 18 issues for free right now. You can take <laughs> this home. They literally just came in the door in a box of books uh, under the first appearance of Bane in the X-Men number 100. There you go. Big chunk of, of go ROM. Go to uh, Huntoon Engage Topeka and pick mm-hmm. up you some ROM. And uh, five enjoy it. Ten, it'll end up in my three for a dollar, man. There you go. And enjoy yourself an afternoon of reading about an alien space night. Kicking some Actually, butt. I believe this, now it's three for two dollars. The boss may have changed the price of the quarter bin. Rom Space Knight went for a big whopping seventy-five issues. It was around for huh, quite some time. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. It was around for a very long time. And you know the decade. best part? What? It's it's worth it. You can say anything you want about oh, Rom is terrible. Oh, oh, oh. But I'll tell you, this book is more than the sum of its parts. It's an underrated author working with an underrated artist on a book that, let's be honest, editorial probably didn't have a whole lot of expectations from ROM. They didn't go in going, hey, you have to get this ROM thing to up to 7 million units or what have you. I think ROM was one of those books that was kind of a bin filler. And as such, I think it's pretty phenomenal what they actually did with it. I mean, Really, if you look at what Rom achieves compared to you know what Rom could have been, it, I, I don't want to say that it could have been so much worse is actually a glowing recommendation. But really, this book should not have been as good as it was. It should not have been, even if you look at it and say, well, it's just kind of okay. It's it's the grindhouse equivalent, I guess, of those movies that would come out and you'd put them out and you'd, you'd turn them over and you'd have them and they'd all star the girlfriend from, you know, Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. This book has a lot going for it and it's a lot better than some of the high profile books of the same period. So, Oh oh yeah, yeah. 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 I would say definitely it's worth checking out if you can get it at a decent price and you almost always can. Oh, like I said, you can find them cheap, 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 cheap on Amazon and in eBay. So, but it's not collected. It's probably not going to ever be collected. So it's turned into one of those kind of weird collector badge of honor 
things where it's like, yeah, sure, you know about Wolverine's origin, you know about this, but do you have a complete run of ROM? <laughs> and Rodrigo, final thoughts. I think that, um, like Matthew was saying, this could have been a lot worse. And really, it is kind of a badge of honor because they, like, here's a team that was slapped together and given this task and said, here's a thing. Like, it's like, here is an umbrella. Make a story out of this. And they did. And they make an excellent story out of that umbrella. I mean, it's actually pretty good. It's readable. It's fun the whole way through. It's a great um, testament to this creative team that they were given nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, here's a chunk of plastic. Write a story about this. And they actually... <laughs> a monthly 20-page yes. comic about a chicken. Yes. And they actually cranked out 75 issues of this. And a lot of them are actually a lot of fun. So... I would say if definitely if you come across random issues of Rom Space Night, flip through them and maybe buy them because yeah, you don't maybe don't need to read every issue of Rom Space Night. I think in Night. these eighteen issues, except well, I, yeah, the dinosaur one was you know radioactive yeah, awesome. dino was really awesome. In these eighteen issues, there is nothing that's a throwaway. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't. Think Any so. yeah. given one of them has some yes. awesome backstory, a cool moment weird space aliens an old lady turning into a raven you know they're just, just like, i mean there's just like <laughs> house where no, the hands come out of the walls yeah yes. there's like giant eyeballs in a house um Things there's just really like start- no moment there's no issue of this that doesn't have some completely outlandish actually cool action or interesting character moment like and, or uh, and, and sometimes all three let me ruin it for you this book gets really, really heavy as it goes on because the dire wraiths that we see here are the male wraiths, the science wraiths. Later on, around issue 50, the female wraiths, who are the ones who are all about magic, show up. Oh, that can't be And good. they kill the entire town of Clareton. Yipe. Whoa. They show up and, they, you know, this is this is four years of comics set in this little town. Everybody has a little character, a little backstory. You know, Brandy's whole family is there. Her boyfriend, all of these people are here. They kill the whole town. They kill Steve. They kill the torpedo who isn't actually in these issues, so it doesn't mean anything to you. Seriously, it is freaky. And then by the end, this is flat out science fiction war in space. It's a fascinating book. And I want to say that Mantlo writes all of it, yeah, or or damn near all of it. So like it's like a six year opus of just these characters kind of dancing around. And I don't want to ruin it, but Rom gets the girl at the end. All right, way to go, Rom. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this installment of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for participating. Thank you for sharing this with your friends because we know that there are a lot of comic book podcasts out there, and we're glad that you've made this one of yours and hopefully your favorite of those. Uh, Next week, as I mentioned, we're going to be taking a look at John Byrne's Superman run. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page... 
would be backwards, I suppose. I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. Hulking green or gray I could just buzz through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little me would deal With all those tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I bag and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set throwing Spoilers is copyright 2013.